1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, welcome back here for another edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. And guess what? The doldrums of the NBA calendar <laughs> are here. Things are really quieting down. Oh, wait, no, Chris Forrestberger. So I wanted to weigh in a couple I mean you, You've had a pod with um, already with, with our good friend Nick Friedle yeah. and others on the Southern Stock Pod. I wanted to let the dust settle a little bit. Mm. I wanted to see, obviously, a thousand stories have come out since Woj and Shams came out with their initial stories in terms of the Celtics emerging as a, a team of interest for Kevin Durant here. Let's start here. Let's start in backwards chronology. Jason Ooh. Tatum talked last night. Yes. As well as Paul Pierce, which quite hilarious. Which is balance. crazy,
0: but, which is like <laughs> kind of hilarious.
1: But... But let's talk about what's fresh here. Jason Tatum, he's always been. Um, he, he was he talked about how he was trained from by his mother early on in terms of having to deal with the media, mm-hmm. and I feel like this was uh it was almost this was a prime a, example. A prime example, the perfect politician's response last night from Jason I, Tatum. I,
0: when I was writing about it today, I said he euro stepped around like the prickliness <laughs> of the question and kind of just went for the layup. No, he said everything right. He complimenting Kevin Durant without being too all over Kevin Durant. And he said, I love this team. I think if you're a Celtics fan, the only thing I probably would have liked to have heard him say, uh, if you're if you're like me and you're leaning towards team Jalen, is maybe be a little bit more effusive with praise for Jalen. But I don't think that was a reflection of how he feels. I think it was more like he's saying, like, look, we're in a good spot. And if like Durant happens, then that's cool too. But um, I think he understands that, uh, the former or the the the, the latter of, of keeping this together is probably the more likely situation. So um, I think he's he just covered all his bases just in case. And so I don't know what I can glean from it. I thought it was more interesting that Paul Pierce was like unequivocally. <laughs> no, after he created like was part of bringing in this super. I don't know. like That one threw me for a loop, too. So uh, I feel like I feel like Pierce's I don't know how plugged in Pierce is, but um, that was not very plugged in
1: not no. very plugged in probably at this at least at this stage of uh the off season. but yeah that was and so for you that missed it paul pierce was asked about what he thought about the kevin durant rumors he's like no way that's happening and then went wild with a nice double negative here they don't got to make no moves This is uh <laughs> the exact quote in terms of what the celtics
0: um viewpoint was for that and so that was but like no, that's they're... isn't isn't that a reflection of how like a Celtics super fan takes it? Like, can we call Paul Pierce like a Celtics super fan yeah, now? He I shows think up that's games. The majority of
1: the population of the Celtics fan match right now, I think agrees with Paul Pierce.
0: What, I so and I'm eager. I'm like, this is the, the most fascinating part to me. What do you think the split is? Like, if you had to guess, how many Whoa. what's the percentage of people that want nothing to, to change and Kevin and, and, and Jalen Brown to be here? And what's the split that want Kevin Durant?
1: I'd like 70-30.
0: Yeah, I was 75-20. Yeah, 7 75, 75 25.
1: Yeah. It's uh it, it's pretty strong and it's an adamant 70 75. Right. Um
0: a loud 75. loud
1: 75. <laughs> Listen, if you Kevin Durant stinks, I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> um but no, it's it makes sense. I mean, this is and we we can go down all sorts of uh, avenues here in terms of like comparing it to past situations and past mm-hmm. trades and things that have blown up. But yeah, the, the Celtics are set up to be very good for a long time right now. Um, and they're two games away from winning an NBA title that no one would have expected. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Brown is an in- integral part of that in-, in his prime. So he was the
0: best player in the finals. Yeah. for this So, I, like, look, I've, 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 I've been pretty staunch, like from the beginning when Scal brought this up on our programming on the night of the draft. Um, like, I, I completely understand the allure of Kevin Durant, but I also think the volatility of it is what probably scares me a little bit from, you know, not only his age to just messing with, with what works right now. And so that's where my hesitation comes from. There's no denying the talent and what's possible. I don't love the comparison, like, I, and I'm probably guilty of making it at some point, but because some people will say, oh, well, you know, you you didn't know what the window was going to be when you brought in Kevin Garnett. No, no, sure. And you certainly didn't know it was going to be five, six years uh, more than, you know, when, when we all thought it was maybe a two, three year window uh, out the gates. But they don't win that title that first year. Man, things get a lot more pressure filled. And Kevin Garnett was 30 at that point, not 34 and didn't have quite the injury history. And so, um, you know, I'm still leaning heavy. But I will say this. One of the things that got me to come down a little bit was that first reported offer, which like, okay, who knows? Like, I don't think the Nets are going to ever take that deal. Might uh, be the for- best I get though. <laughs> like- yeah. So, okay. So that's where I'm at. So like, let me throw it at you. that If that's the best they can do, if essentially they get to, let's say September 1 and there's like real pressure, like, are we just bringing this thing back or are we taking the best deal out there? Is a Jalen Brown, Derek White and a pick or picks, whatever it ends up being, is that enough to make Brooklyn move? And should, and the, 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 the part B do this, uh, should the Celtics be willing to make that deal?
1: Yes, they should. Mm -hmm. Is question is answer number one and the nets. I think if you, it's how desperate is their management slash ownership to like, to turn the page.
0: That's desperate.
1: That's, that's pretty desperate. But at the same time, it's the, it's the risk, risk reward situations. Okay. Let's run it back with Kevin. Like, let's, get, let's bring him into camp, and let's see how it goes here. If Durant says, okay, I'm good, like, we're not – like, I just don't want to show up to camp, or just loafs it like James Harden did for a huge mm-hmm. chunk of last season, does, does his trade value go up in any way? I know he has four years left, but, like,
0: do – do more can Durant teams. do that at 34 though can well, he like sac- You no know? so, i mean
1: he right can he sacrifice a year like one of the final years of his prime and like totally mail it in and i don't know like that's these are only questions the people that really know kevin durant can answer in his camp mm. right now but i guess at the flip side of the question for brooklyn it's like okay well maybe another team actually gets desperate like an injury happens or right. know, one of these teams that are, are optimistic about their outlook for next season right now like it blows up in their face and then they get more serious about um, making an offer, whether it's like a a Toronto or some other you know contender in the West, and so I guess Who? you guys, like I, I,
0: I, I keep wondering like like <laughs> Phoenix can't do it now with eight and signed. Pretty much no you Miami's probably, a no. like the, the, the Nets would want bam and they can't do that based on the, right. the whole Rose rule provision, just like the Celtics ran into when in the courtship of Anthony, Davis. we'll get the
1: six team trade with Ben Simmons involved in then I mean, and, and, yeah, and that's right.
0: certainly like, yeah. maybe that's what the Nets are, are trying to figure out. You know, if, is there any way you send people around? And there is some fun, like, I mean, some people put it up like jokingly, but the whole like Lakers dumping Westbrook and Kyrie ended up in LA. Like there's yeah. all these iterations that make some sense, but that was back before he got traded. And so I'm um, Aiden got, got signed. So, Uh, It's hard for me to see. And so this is why I think, you know, in part, like we all know this news comes out now because the Nets are, you know, feel a little bit desperate and are trying to stoke other rivals so that they don't have to worry about this and let it fester into September. But I think there's also a part of it is just like if the Celtics are willing to move Jalen Brown, they do potentially have the best offer out there. And so, you know, I don't, I I mean, maybe they don't, don't even have to think about it till it becomes like a reality of the Nets calling them and saying like, okay, we're, we, we really are intrigued by this and you know, is this something that we can get to the finish line? Um, But it, it, it's weird. I don't even know if then, if the, you know, like I said, I still think it's something you got to huddle and, and, and and debate. It's like, what is Brad Stevens value most? Does he understand that talent is King and you just got to go get these guys when they're available or does he pull back and go, man, we live that. And we saw how that went when you bring in a sort of a volatile piece and you just don't know. You can have a really talented team, Cough Cough 2019, and that thing can go to hell in a hurry. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to, to see how it plays out. And uh, like just from so many sides, but particularly the the desperate, desperate Brooklyn. Nets.
1: And so and from that standpoint, too, from from Brad's planning perspective and you know, having you know, when you, you make this call, when you have, you know, which everyone in the world would expect, him, like, you're going to inquire about Kevin Durant here. You have to know to some degree that this can like leave sure. and be used again. So like, so that people were like talking about the semantics of like, oh, was it an offer? Was it not an offer? Like, okay. It's,
0: it's so dumb. It's like, like, People it's like, have this v- this vision that it's fantasy football and that I sent you a like definitive proposal that you have to hit accept or reject. And that's just not the way it works. No. In the NBA. And the other thing I throw out is, like, where else do you start a conversation? Right. So you, you know, they, you know, they're not, you know, the, I mean, you can ask for Tate himself. aren't doing it. Right. But like everything starts with Jalen Brown and salary match. And then you go from there. That's why it's like sort of, you know, who knows if it was even off or it might just be connecting of the dots. But right. Um. yeah, like, but I would hope in that instance, Brad Stevens in his very open way has communicated to Jalen Brown and said, like, look, you know, we have to, We you know, these are sort of players that you have to call about in it. And, you know, We're not the ones invoking your name. There's the one asking. And no, that's just where the conversation goes and be open and honest about like how you see this thing going out. And, you know, I mean, look, those are no fun conversations to have, but that's why Brad gets paid the money he does to to put this thing together.
1: If you are Brad in the front office right now, when you're like, who who are you talking to, Mm. you know, before you had this, assuming these conversations happened weeks ago and, you know, whether or not, they're going to be revisited. We'll see. Um, the like the consultation of like Tatum and or Emay in this situation. I assume Tatum. I mean, based on his response last night, he obviously pleaded ignorance to it all, right. which is what you're, is the he right should. play to do, obviously in that situation. Said all the right things, right? Well, all they, the right things. Point
0: to the Olympics. Point to the past. Hey, right. I'm not even thinking about the. Pizza. He's great.
1: Yeah. And who again? I'd assume that those aren't conversations you have with him until it becomes like serious, which it Mm -hmm. sounds like is not there. You have the value of like email here. I think is like when you compare this situation to the Kyrie in 2017 scenario, which is I mean it's far different for a multitude of reasons. Um, But bringing in, you know, blowing up your team for a a superstar, or not even blowing up your team, but you know, making a, a seismic change. How much do you value the fact that Ime worked with him, mm-hmm. and like can give you the perspective of being like, okay, if Ime wants this guy, maybe we should think about doing this, or being like, oh, if is, you know, lukewarm, hesitant, right? Then like no, that I, makes a decision for us.
0: I think that has to be huge. I think that like that's internal knowledge of of just what it's like to bring that guy into that situation and like what it goes like and how he pushes people now. The one thing we've consistently heard about from those who have been around Kevin Durant and the work ethic and the way he, like, I think my guess would be the lean for email would be like, you need this guy. You don't understand. He's otherworldly talented and he's like super good. And I think, you know, that's just, that's just part of it. Um, Like, I, I mean, that's part of the reason I think Scal was so effusive about it. You know, just all the reports out of golden state and just watching him and the player that he is and, um, you know, there's, there, it's hard not to love the player. Um, I think it's on Brad at that point to balance the age and, you know, again, the volatility of it, which again, isn't, isn't, isn't an easy part, um, but all the information you can gather. It's like when James Harden became available, right? Like Ainge huddles his guys and says, is this something we want to do? And then they call everybody and from you know outside people that have been around that situation they were like no 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 you know like this probably isn't the path you want to go down and so you take that as part of the reason you step back and so we'll see you know if the celtics don't ultimately if there's no other rumors about the celtics maybe they got to that point and they said yeah i just don't love the volatility of it uh if they linger in there then you have to think that the coach and you know the superstar would be on board with it how, how would. do you want to throw that back at you though like how do you think Tatum would feel? Cause one of the things everyone keeps saying is like, Oh, Tatum and Durant would be great. All of a sudden you go from being the guy and the clear one, a one B situation to sort of reversing. And now it's more Durant in that spotlight. And I don't know, there is some pressure that comes off you, but like, doesn't Tatum want that at this point and want to be the, 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 the guy in the one, a one B situation.
1: Yeah. That's a fascinating point because, and that's, again, when, when you need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what he like, what's the most important to Tatum right now? And is it okay, bringing in Durant will take pressure off me. will make us better. And I don't really care about being a one B versus a one A. Like that's just as well to me. Or if it turns him off. And from a standpoint, you're like, Hey, right. this is kind of like, this is my, you know, Jan was, you know, my running mate here, but push comes to shove. This is mm-hmm. my team here. And I don't like this being taken away from me from some degree. So, so there, there are just so many layers here when you uh-huh. have, and it's, it's just wild that this is. Come
0: and, up the, and the biggest aesthetic. layer of all, which we probably like, which i every time I do one of these podcasts, it feels like I try to get it out of the way early, but Brad has to know what Jalen is feeling about his own future. Like, I feel like that yes. is the most important part of this. 100%. All. And I can. And th- what's a little bit frustrating is that because there is this wall between us and and the players and and even their circle, it's hard sometimes to gauge where a player is at. So you know, there's a lot of and there's so many layers to this, like. Celtics can offer Jalen an extension in October, not going to take it, not worth, you know, the, the sacrifice of money after already sacrificing money. Then there's going to be like if he's all NBA next year, which he might be because the Celtics will be so good. You know, all of a sudden this opens up new avenues to, to, to bigger deals and like the CBA renegotiation could happen. So it's hard to just gauge where he's at. I just operate with the assumption that he's going to be a free agent in the summer of 2024. The Celtics at that point should be willing to give him a max offer and he should know all this. Like there should be direct communication to the player. Like here's what we're going to do. We're going to offer you this in October. We're not going to be mad when you reject it. We're going to offer you this in the summer of 2023 and we're going to understand if you don't take it. And then 24, five year deal is going to be waiting for you. You know, seeing as long as nothing goes off the rails. What is Jalen's, how does Jalen feel about that? And you have to have some indication because that should dictate how aggressive you are in the Durant sweep states. And that's the one thing that I feel like it's really difficult from us on the outside to get a gauge on because you'll never get quite a clear error. It, like sometimes Brad Stevens might not have a clear answer depending on like what what, what information he's getting from Jalen's circle and Jalen's people close to him. And his, you know I'm sure he asked assistant coaches, like, what does he say when you're talking to him? But, like, it's just so hard to get a read on that. I will say this. There's been no indication that he doesn't want to be here it's just you know what does he want ultimately does he want to be the 1a somewhere else does he want his own market does, I, that, these are things that 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 they need to get a read on as they assess what's ahead
1: and that honestly might be the most important thing that comes out of this no matter what happens is these this is forcing those talks conver- those tough mm-hmm. conversations to happen now
0: it's not like, a bad or,
1: thing it's not a bad thing it's honestly not not a bad thing at all if you're from a Celtics perspective from a planning perspective and you at least this is you know there may be five players maybe 10 in the NBA where if they become available there like this is something that the Celtics would consider and on top of that like when is a player like this come available and also be under contract for four more years Mm -hmm. which would be you know the requirement for even thinking about making a deal for sure when we know that Danny Age walked away from a number of deals on the table, just because of that flight risk, whether it was Kawhi or Anthony Davis, et cetera. And except, so,
0: except Evan Fournier, he, except, walked. I
1: mean, Evan Fournier was the one that you mean, listen,
0: he walked right into that one, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that was, you, you needed that TPE to stay alive. So that was, sure. that was, that sure. was the all, worked, that. all
0: worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's another podcast. I know,
1: right. We, I mean, we have to spend 10 minutes on the, the death of the TPE <laughs> later. We we missed that
0: that week. Um, Someone's going to call me about that and say, I'm criticized. I'm not, you got Malcolm then I'm cool with it. Right. I'm just yeah. saying we, we I, I spent probably a hundred hours on TV in the last two years talking <laughs> about traded player exceptions, And here yeah. I am. And there's uh Derek White is mildly attached to the the TV. So. But yeah,
1: so the fact that the, going back to Jalen, the fact that those conversations can be had, and you're good, you're not going to get a hundred percent clear cut answer one way or another if you're the Celtics when you're having Jalen sure. Brown because it's it's two years in the future, and I mean this isn't Kyrie Irving making you know public statements that he goes against months later, but right. things can change, understandably so for for both sides. But that those conversations privately publicly with people behind the scenes will help guide your, the team's intentions here in terms of maybe putting a percentage on being like, okay, we think he's 80, 20 to resign in yeah. 10 years or 90, 10, or maybe, Oh no. He like sounds like he might eventually want to go to land or something like that. And right. if he has that opportunity, and then that's when you could potentially change any line in the stand you have in terms of negotiations mm-hmm. with, with Brooklyn, but the, I think that's a great point, but that—that is where everything starts here. And then once you have that in your back pocket, in terms of whatever how you want to gauge it, then you can kind of proceed
0: from there. Do you think Brad calls Kanye and is like, "Hey, (laughs) quick question, right? Um, Trying to decide about Jalen here. Like, how you feeling? Um, I don't know. You know, it—it is funny. Just I mean, that's the thing. Like, Jalen has what I would say is a, a pretty small, tight circle." Um, and you know, now he's added Kanye to the representation, to the representation side of it. And juice brand is obviously going to be big. You know, it makes you wonder right, just like where, what, what is his vision for his career arc? And he's, um, I'm eager to see like how it all plays out. Um, and I'm ready for, for media day when he's bombarded with these questions. If, 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 if we don't find a way to get to him sooner, uh, maybe we need to go get some scuba gear and get down in the, uh, wherever he's doing those underwater workouts and, uh, Try to get some answers here, but you're Rob. <laughs> all right.
1: Before we talk scuba gear, let's talk about <laughs> Bet Online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports info with live in game betting, props, and futures. Head on to Bet Online today. Use your Motivize to join. To make your first sports bet. Use the promo code c 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game
0: starts. Can we talk about where the Celtics currently sit on yes. Bet Online, AG, as the uh, uh, in terms of championship odds? Heavy favorites
1: for not only I think championship odds, but also Kevin Durant.
0: Well, true. To
1: land. I mean, and that's something where it's like, okay, that's just the betting public uh responding to is soccer, yeah, there. but it's i mean they are slight favorites does this surprise i mean this kind of happened after the the brogdon gallinari stuff it's hard to i guess you can put the bucks right there but it's it makes again you're like you're gonna make a big move like this when you're the slight title favorites like
0: yeah so i I think there's uh there's a couple things at play when i see those odds i when i say just like you said for the the ram perspective i think people are are, uh, motivated by news. And so they see these reports come out and look, they hear us talk and say that even if the Celtics aren't supremely motivated to make this move, they are the favorite. If they're willing to put Jalen Brown into that conversation. So I think that promotes some, some, some betting. Um, I also think they understand that it's probably unlikely. So if you can get people to bet that odd, which is maybe a little (laughs) bit weird, um, because it's, it's short money, but, um, yeah, like I, I think that that that's the more interesting thing to me is the Celtics just as the as the title favorites right now um, and like the win total favorites. I, I I do agree. Like I can see the pathway to that. It's funny to see the numbers are kind of low. I think some have them at 53, some have them at 55. You think after last season and how much struggle they had at the start, that that number would be higher. I think it's a reflection of how good the East is going to be. yeah. And that that, that people are a little bit scared to put a number up at 58, 60 when that's going to be a hard number to hit. Um, but yeah, seeing them slide ahead of the box and stay there based on like, you know, some of the, you know, they added people, but you know, obviously they get Middleton back. Uh, I'm curious to see how, how that all plays out, but, Oh, so that was my big, I, I actually ended up writing something today because I, I think it's funny. We've been sitting here. Like, this is a, honestly, I've had more rec- like TV radio requests in the last 48 hours than I did probably in the finals because everyone's so worked up about, about Durant. And, and that's a good thing. Like I, I, I like being busy and all that. Um, but it's so funny for me to hear like the fan base screaming at each other about like, Trey, you know, trade Jalen Brown, no, 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 keep them like, and all this. And if you step back for a damn minute, like the Celtics just came off the finals. They're the betting favorite for next season. And we're talking about whether it's better to have a 26 year old all-star or a 34 year old, like top 50 player in the NBA history. And it's like, it's crazy to me. Sometimes it's like, it's an embarrassment of riches right now because of where you have put yourself. And so, uh. I don't know like it, it, as much as it's fun to squabble about it maybe just step back at one point and be like damn this this is kind of a preposterous uh preposterous thing to be to be uh to be yelling about
1: life has gotten pretty good in a year for the Celtics you think about where the Celtics were a year ago coming off of a rough first round against yeah. was wondering like oh when are they how could they get back to contention and now it's like no they've they've come off of probably a universally beloved off season set of moves with the Brogdon trade and Galnar coming off the finals run. And you can debate, okay, how much was the finals run the perfect storm of injuries and, you know, escaping in game sevens. Sure. Um, or you can say, yeah, well they the Celtics were also beat up in that series yeah. and they're run down and they got better than they've added more than any other team in either conference so far this off season. So I keep like,
0: hearing people say like, it's not going to be as easy to get back to the finals this year. And I don't disagree. Like it's once you get there, there's no guarantee you get back there. And yeah. like, look, talk to the Atlanta Hawks about getting to the Eastern conference finals and how hard it is. And like, there's no, there's never a guarantee. And yet I look at him like Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, and golden state. Like, I don't know if they've got the easiest mm. path. Now they definitely caught some breaks along the way Middleton, the, the dysfunction in, in Brooklyn, Miami being unable to consistently score the basketball, but, um, like it would have been, it would have been nice to have, uh, a, a, a Chicago bulls thrown into that mix or whatever, but maybe the bulls will be bad. I have no idea. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, you certainly are always looking for the way to make yourself the best possible and you should never be content just because you were there and you feel good about coming back with what you've got, which is why invariably we're talking in late July about Kevin Durant. How long do you think Kevin Durant
1: like plays for like he's 34 right now. He's got like a four. Like, did he someone
0: didn't he always say he was I actually I remember talking to that's it actually I'm glad you brought that up. I think he came out like maybe 2017, 2018, and was like, I'm not playing forever. Yeah. I, like i have to go back and check that like, because I remember asking Brad, and Brad at that point was like, I'm not coaching forever. Right. And boy, I wish I <laughs> dug a little deeper <laughs> on that one. Um I I, I pie on my face, rag right, on my face. Um, so uh yeah, I don't know. Like do I think he can be MVP caliber player for two more years? For sure. Like if, yeah. he, if there's no injury setback, do I think he can, you know, we used to hear Doc Rivers say all the time, Paul Pierce could score until he's 50. Like, I feel like the same's true with Kevin Durant. He can just, he could be doing old man jumpers until right. uh, he's 50 if he wanted to, but is he going to be super impactful at 30, at 37 and 38? I'm like, I'm slightly less bullish on that. And I think it just comes back to health. Like that's a really hard injury to come back from. And the fact that he did and played to have such a high level, it's still the games played is a little concerning over the last two years. And I think that just rolls into my, to my hesitation, but like, if he's healthy, I feel like he's done pretty good.
1: I mean, averaging 30, 30, a game, the fact he played 37. I mean, they played him so many minutes in those last two months. It really Playoff is wild injury. It's, it's, it's nuts. And, the, and then we, I no, guess no. we saw, we saw what the, the, what happened in the playoffs, because I think is that he was just, Kind of, I don't know. He was playing on one wheel, but you could tell that he certainly wasn't himself against the. I'm, I'm going
0: to flip it on you. What, like, how good can Jalen Brown be in the next four years?
1: It's, it's tough to put a ceiling on Jalen Brown because he just comes back better every year. It is great, and the consistency he's been able to do that with is, I think, has obviously surpassed a lot of expectations people had for him coming out of the draft originally. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be at a a top 10 in the nba current like player level but like 11 to 20 i think he's like making his way there as we speak and it would not surprise me at all for him to see himself there there's you know the handle obviously still
0: needs work um can he get a a basketball underwater to dribble (laughs) like while he's (laughs) jumping with those weights that's my only quibble but no, I'm with you. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the ceiling is. And I'm, I'm done with the ceiling because, like, if you'd asked me two years ago, I probably would have said, I don't know, top 40, you know, top 35. And he's already beyond that because of, of the advancements he's made. And the fact that he was the best player in the finals says something about where he's going. And so, or the best player on the Celtics. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like, part of me says in two years he could be a top 20, top 15 kind of guy. Um you know, but that's still a lot of strides to make. And that's still like the hard steps are ahead for Jalen. I think he's willing to put in the effort to, to try to get there, but yeah, it's all, uh, it's all part of the equation. Just like how far do you, he's obviously flawed. And that's why, like, when people are like, you don't understand, you're telling me like, you're not willing to give up this player, but Kevin Durant is so much better. Right. But there's so many other variables that go into it than just Jalen versus Kevin Durant and and all that.
1: And the other part about Jalen too is, from a playoff standpoint, he's, he's proven throughout his career that like a lot of guys you worry about disappearing there. He's not disappearing. Yeah. Like his, his game isn't like hundred percent of what it is in the regular season, but it's, it's pretty damn close to that. And that's a crucial part for any player, especially one that's getting better and better at this point. And we know Duran obviously is that guy too, but that makes you, you know, this isn't DeMar DeRozan here, where you'd, you'd have a guy who would put up crazy regular season numbers and then would turn into a puddle. Um, on the, on the bigger stage in a seven game series. So it's, I mean,
0: it's it's fascinating and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. So we're going to be having like seven more podcasts on this. So I hate to use up all (laughs) all of our bullets, but I will say this, like there's a very, it, it, as much as Jalen's name has danced in all these rumors from Harden to Kawhi, you know, people keep saying Anthony Davis, but yeah, really, that was
1: more Tatum than Mike. Yeah,
0: that was way more Tatum. I, mean, I keep t- trying to set people straight on that, but uh, they keep yelling at me and telling me that wasn't true. Um, so I, I think it's just a reflection. Like there's a very small group of guys you would be willing to trade Jalen Brown for. And the contract situation is what makes this one a little bit more intriguing than most, just because if there was two years left on... Kevin Durant's deal, I'm not even sure this is a conversation. Maybe yeah. it is, you know, but it's just the fact that he's under contract and Brad has clearly prioritized the length of people's deals when making them. And so like, I don't care about draft picks. You know, some people have said, you know, and you started actually we brought this up earlier and I, I short circuited it was uh, the whole Brogdon thing. Did, did the Celtics make the Brogdon deal because they were like, OK, this, this Durant thing's probably not happening. Or did they say, like, if we get Brogdon, we now have the depth. You know, I probably lean towards they're just trying to build the best roster as possible. Yeah. And it just gives you more avenues. If you do go down ways. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think there's, it's so much of, of roster construction is about flexibility. And that's why we talk about TPEs. And that's why we talk about like bringing in players with redundancy. I don't think, I'm not necessarily sure the move was tied to something. They didn't just be like, Oh, we're out under ants. So we're making this deal. And they didn't make it like we're getting this guy because we want to be an under I think, just think they're like in a vacuum. This is if we get, Malcolm Brogdon this makes our team better and we still have flexibility and so I just think that's uh, that's how they they operate
1: all right well the Celtics are going to have another month or two to think about that flexibility and think so about we're not talking about
0: ahead. uh uh Zuhan Bagaron anymore yeah. like uh <laughs> that 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 yes, ended yeah. hard. a lot a lot of talk about the third center before before this came along
1: your guy Trevion heading out west what a, not what a shocker
0: uh, it actually hurt. It hurt my feelings a little, <laughs> a, a little bit. Uh, we melted in in Las Vegas for the thirty hours I was there uh, because I, I was really excited to see Trevion. And now, Golden State Warriors, man, Golden State I- Warriors just want to make me feel awful lately. So
1: first a title, and then they steal Chris Forsberg. I'm not sure what I'm, <laughs> well, what I'm more
0: mad about. Well, hopefully, NBC
1: Sports Bay Area can have you on, Chris Forsberg, <laughs> ESPN Boston. I'm sorry, NBC Sports <laughs> Boston. <laughs> Uh, boston.com boston.com Boston all my
0: all my previous stops
1: winning plays um <laughs> <laughs> make sure you check them out all week long um i'm on every podcast in the america this week so NBC please yeah, go, go, go check them out but mostly
0: mostly winning plays uh yeah. like what subscribe ch- check us out you on b rob's youtube page all that stuff
1: where else did you go today am i or yesterday
0: I was uh at- <laughs> there's been some calls i don't want to promote other people's stuff no, on your, on your I, program I, no, okay gonna, so uh right i did manix's pod okay. uh jason mcintyre from straight fire oh, man so you're like
1: everywhere national this week there. Uh,
0: yeah i know i don't i don't know i don't know if that's a good thing my i haven't got a haircut in like two months so i uh all these video pods are gonna really screw me so if you're listening on the audio version i look great no <laughs> facial hair and clean cut like b-rob over there the best
1: all right chris Forsberg, <laughs> make sure you find him everywhere <laughs> all week long on every single podcast to be able to clean Wing place We'll talk to him from Parts Unknown in August um, when we're both uh, – Check out
0: B-Roll on Celtics talk like once a week at this point.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Rate, review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you all later this week.